are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. It's a Twitter, hashtag Twitter Tuesday, excuse me. We'll get to some of your questions you guys sent in on Twitter yesterday. We'll also uh, get to some of the thoughts from BYU student athletes after yesterday's ruling from the NCAA to allow spring athletes to have an extra year of eligibility. We'll talk about the kind of the conundrum it creates for senior athletes in particular and of course catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news like we normally do. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Echelon Fit. We'll tell you what Echelon's offering our listeners here in just a little bit. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it going here. This is Locked On Cougars for March 31st, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download this podcast, all focused on the BYU Cougars. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whichever podcast provider you're listening to us on, so that way you never miss an episode of this show as we talk BYU sports with you guys. It's a lot of fun to be with you. Starting off today's show, a big ruling from the NCAA yesterday allowing all spring sport athletes to have an extra year of eligibility added on to the eligibility clock. That means that uh, senior athletes, freshman athletes, regardless of whatever year in school you are, you have been allowed to have an extra year of eligibility and I think it's the right ruling especially in the in the case of these spring sports. We're talking about the we're talking about both men's and women's golf, softball, baseball, men's volleyball, I believe water polo, women's water polo in particular, are all included uh, with this and having an extension of their period of eligibility added on to it. The interesting part about this is for senior athletes in particular, the NCAA is allowing uh, these spring sports next year to expand their rosters to accommodate both incoming freshman classes as well as any seniors who remain on the roster that would have been seniors this year. Hopefully that makes sense. So let's just take, for example, on the BYU women's softball team. Riley Jensen McFarlane, one of the best softball players to come through BYU in near a decade. She's just an absolutely phenomenal. She had her senior year cut short this year after 23 games due to the COVID-19 pandemic shutting down all spring sports for BYU and across the NCAA. Well, she has talked about in the Athletes Journal on the BYU Cougars website. She just was upset about how it ended. Just the kind of the arbitrary ending to her season. She was hoping to have that year where she goes to the NCAA NCAA tournament, maybe makes the Super Regionals, etc. And like I said, she's one of the best softball players to come through BYU in, in quite some time. And for her to have that season cut short, she uh, really wanted to have another opportunity at that at that uh, have another opportunity to compete at that level, and it appears that she is going to take advantage of that. Uh, she uh, told uh, Brandon Gurney from the Deseret News that it was de- quote It is definitely a possibility because I have one to two semesters left in school, so it would be great for me school wise. And then quote And part of me just can't take having it end like it did this year. I have unfinished work, and then obviously Darius Darius McFarland, her husband, plays for the BYU football program is just a redshirt sophomore, so I'm going to be around here anyway, unquote. So for an athlete like Riley Jensen McFarland, it works out where her husband still got two years of eligibility in football. She's still going to be in Provo and around the BYU campus. Why not take advantage of that extra year? 
The interesting part about all this is the NCAA is allowing member institutions, so BYU and every individual school, can either determine to uh, give the student-athletes that were seniors in particular, this doesn't apply to any other class of athletes, sophomores, freshmen, or juniors, but senior athletes, they have the opportunity as a school to offer equal or less compensation in terms of student aid, student financial aid, for that season being added on to the end of this uh, of a senior's eligibility clock. So essentially, a school could say, hey, we'd like for you to come back, but we're not going to offer you anything to come back. You'll have to pay your way. The nice part is the NCAA is kind of foregoing having those seniors' financial aid count against the current allotment of scholarships and the money that programs can put out there. So a school would just have to put extra money into the bank, essentially, to allow these student-athletes, if they decide to come back, to participate and keep that financial aid. According to USA Today's analysis, it could cost any programs from anywhere from $500,000 to $900,000 to fund the student aid for those seniors. I think an athlete like Riley Jensen McFarland would absolutely be worth that. If you go to the men's volleyball program, a guy like Will Stanley, who had his senior year cut short, their star setter, he uh, had some eyeball emojis uh, reacting to the news that came out yesterday on social media. I think that he is anticipating coming back and making another run in a national title with his teammates. I don't think there's many other seniors on the BYU uh, volleyball men's volleyball program, but we'll see what happens with that. And then also, uh, BYU catcher in baseball, Abe Valdez is one of three seniors on Mike Littlewood's roster. Said that he t- he told the Deseret News he's graduating this spring and would probably only return if his financial aid package was similar to what he's receiving now. He says, "quote This is from Jay Drew's article. As of now, I am preparing myself to come." back for another year if everything remains the same financially unquote i understand that you're not going to come back and pay your way if you're graduating and say you know what i want to pay for another year so i can play out my senior year if it makes financial sense certain people can afford it but a lot of people cannot and these student athletes rely on that financial aid to both pay the bills in essence and also pay for their schooling and i understand what they're doing there so also in BYU men's and women's golf men's golf has a number of seniors guys like peter kest uh kelton hirsch a junior is actually graduating this year there's a number of guys who are graduating from the BYU men's golf program have that opportunity to come back next year but i'm not sure many of them will take that opportunity just because they don't uh, they have opportunities to play professionally. Peter Kess has been the number one ranked men's golfer in college golf at multiple points during his career as a Cougar. Why would he decide to come back for another year? I don't know, but that opportunity is now afforded to them. What this does not apply to is the winter sports, including men's and women's basketball. So for the seven seniors on the men's basketball program under Mark Pope's, uh, Mark Pope's leadership, those seven athletes will not be able to come back for another year in a BYU uniform. I know that's upsetting to a number of BYU fans, but that's how the NCAA ruled, and I kind of expected that was going to be the case, where they were going to allow uh, the spring athletes, where their seasons were cut short kind of mid-season season you get that extra year but a number of college basketball programs who were not going to the postseason had finished their seasons and why would you give them an opportunity to come back for another year but or decide that hey you guys are probably going to make the NCAA tournament let's say an example of BYU so you guys get to bring your guys back but this other program whose season ended maybe with a losing record your seniors can't come back very arbitrary decision there and I understand why they decided you know what 
we're just going to move on. We'll give the spring sport athletes that extra year of eligibility, but we will not rule that in favor of the winter sports, which is unfortunate. So it will be interesting to see how BYU and other programs kind of balance this, how many seniors decide to take advantage of that extra year. The nice part is, is that these college programs, your freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, well, they have another year of eligibility. They're going to remain freshmen, sophomores, and juniors next year. So you're going to have an expanded roster of more athletes to pick from. And that, in theory, should make for an interesting uh, situation with coaches deciding, okay, who are we going to prioritize playing time for, etc. I I think it's uh, both a blessing and a curse in a way, pending how your recruiting class looks this year and also how many athletes you have in your program. But the nice part is the NCAA came to a common sense agreement here and granted that blanket waiver for these spring sport athletes to have that extra year of eligibility. I'm, I applaud the NCAA. If you guys follow me on social media, I am a detractor of what the NCAA goes about many times. They just seem to get things wrong left and right. This time, they got it right, so I applaud them for doing the right thing and allowing these student athletes to have that opportunity to come back. And hopefully some of these stars like Abe Valdez, Riley Jensen McFarland, Will Stanley, etc. Hopefully they take advantage of it and come back because they have opportunities to finish to finish things up in a BYU uniform that were left unfinished this season. And hopefully BYU is able and willing to keep that financial aid in, in in place for these student athletes and get them taken care of that way so that way they can come back and participate fully in their sport of choice. All right, there you go. Some of my thoughts on that, but it's a, I think it's a common sense measure and I applaud the NCAA on that agreement. Hopefully BYU follows suit and says to all these senior athletes, if you do want to come back, we will keep your financial aid intact at the levels it was last year. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to switch gears, uh, talk a little BYU football, uh, get you an update on the polls going on right now with the Elite Eight voting in the BYU quarterback GOAT bracket. A lot to get to here in just a second. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Echelon Fit. Right now, Echelon Fit, and you're probably wondering, okay, what is what am I talking about? What's Echelon Fit? Well, guess what? Get, to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get the best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. I think most of us know what a Peloton is. Echelon is less than half the price. They make beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, elite athletes, whatever your activity level Level is Echelon has something for you. They have daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home. You'll never have to step foot in a gym to get your workout in. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, they'll give you your money back. That is a fantastic guarantee they've got going on. There are hundreds of thousands of people who are getting fit with Echelon, so you should get into it right now. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. They're a partner with Locked On NFL and Locked On College Network to learn more about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelon fit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Check it out, guys. Proud partner of Locked On Cougars, the Locked On Podcast Network. Echelon fit. Get fit in 2020 and you do it with echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. 
All right, guys, it is a t- hashtag Twitter Tuesday here on Locked on Cougars. Feel free to weigh in with your questions anytime on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The show is available. You can check us out at Locked on Cougars. You can follow us there for news, notes, and just retweets of lots of fun stuff in that regard. Uh, but you, you guys also weigh in with your questions. I threw it out on Twitter yesterday, and a good friend of mine from high school, Danny Johnson, weighed in with this question. He says, who was the best guard for BYU basketball in the 1990s? And Man, that gives me a whole decade to work with and also includes uh, one of the worst, well, probably no, the worst season in BYU basketball history, the 1-25 season in, what, 1995, 1996. So I went and kind of started doing some research on this, and Danny, I think the easy answer on this after looking through different players on this is Randy Reed. I know that Roger Reed and his uh, tempestuous uh his exit from BYU kind of foretold what was going to happen to the BYU basketball program before it was built back up by Steve Cleveland. Uh, I feel like a lot of guys that played under Steve Cleveland really had their best years in the 2000-2002 range. Uh, so I didn't re- really get a feel for a guy, any guy that stood out in terms of those teams. So I feel like the guy who was the best guard of the 1990s for BYU was Randy Reed. Um, Randy Reed, a six foot two point guard coming from Spanish Fork High School, had uh, been become Utah's all time leading scorer with 2,191 points for Spanish Fork High School. I uh, was all league four times as well as a three time all state player at Spanish Fork High in his high school career, and then came to BYU and had a very good career in, in all regards. He played in 125 games over four years for BYU, started 122 of them, shot 42.7% from the field for his career, 32.1% from three, so it's not great there, but 83% free throw shooter for his career. I thought that he was the uh, consummate uh, glue guy on a lot of teams. He averaged 9.4 points per game for his career. Not huge numbers in terms of points, but just became a reliable, steady player amidst a decade of a lot of upheaval and turmoil for the BYU basketball program. So Danny, I think your answer is Randy Reed. If you disagree, feel free to weigh and let me know, but that's kind of what I went with. Also, I had a question come in from our good friend at Tuckinator on Twitter. Uh, Tuckman asked, do you know what the status of Sione Finau and his ACL surgery? Here's what I know. He underwent surgery in January. I'm not exactly sure why the delay after he was injured in November, why he waited until January to get surgery, but he did wait until then. Anymore with ACL reconstructive surgeries, they can go anywhere as short as six months up to a full year. It really depends on the athlete, as well as the additional damage done in the knee. If it's just an ACL, they're going to be back on the shorter end of that spectrum, Tuckman. But if there's more damage, let's say a meniscus, they have an MCL injury, a PCL injury, the other ligaments in the knee, if those are damaged, that lengthens the timeline of you returning from your injury. I'm hopeful that you see a guy like Sione Finau follow kind of the track we've seen from Tyson Williams in the last uh, few months, because Tyson Williams is now out there doing pro day workouts without a knee brace on after he tore his knee up in late September against the University of Washington. So he's just over six months removed from having his own reconstructive surgery, and he's out there doing workouts without a knee brace. That's fantastic to see, and hopefully you see a kid like Sione Finau follow a similar track with 
regards to what Tyson Williams did. Everybody is different. Uh, every guy has his different timeline of how his genetics work, recovery from injuries, etc. But Sione Finau, I can tell you this much, everything he's posted on social media about is he's been diligently rehabbing and working to get himself back into shape so that way he can be ready to go hopefully by training camp this fall if training camp is on time. That's another debate. We had that yesterday on the podcast. How long will it be before uh, a determination on what the 2020 football season is going to look like? It'd be interesting. The National Football Players Association's chief medical officer believes that the 2020 season, at least in the NFL, should be a go. But he said that we won't know more information until mid to late June after some of these COVID-19 hotspots really kind of calm down. And that's the hope that with these social distancing measures, the stay-at-home orders, all the different things going on, that they can knock the numbers down. And that way, by the end of June, you have a better idea of when the season could start. I am hopeful that we have a season. I know a lot of people are upset that basketball seasons, et cetera, were canceled, but I think it was the right decision at that point. What I hope, though, is that we're back to normal life with sports going on in our lives by mid to late summer. I, I really do feel like we need those back at some point. And there have been some people who have been out there being doomsday sayers, like Kirk Herbstreit, who we talked about yesterday, who feel like sports won't, sports won't return, or at least fans won't be in the stands of sporting events until there's a vaccine for the coronavirus, or the novel coronavirus is what I should call it, COVID-19. It's a very interesting time to kind of track what's going on here in the medical community. And I'm hopeful that we're going to be back playing sports before too long. But a guy like Siona Finau, Tuckman, getting back to the question at hand, he could be benefited from this. If the season is delayed to any degree, it gives him some extra time to get his knee fully healthy and hopefully be full go by the time training camp or the season does begin. I thought Finau was really emerging as a number one option at running back for BYU when he suffered that injury in November in practice, and I'm hopeful that he's back before too long, and hopefully he's more on that six-month track like a Tyson Williams versus being on a longer track, let's say a nine- to 12-month window where there might have been additional damage in his knee, and hopefully he's back on the short end of that spectrum and he can get back to playing BYU football because, like I said, Sione Finau, there's a talent there that BYU's kind of unearthed there out of Kearns High School, and I really feel like he has the tools and the ability to be a number one option at running back. He doesn't need to put on some weight, but if he continues to come back and continues on the track he was already on as a redshirt freshman, I think the sky's the limit for a young man like Sione Finau, so here's hoping he's back soon. So thanks again for your guys' questions. Feel free to weigh in anytime, like I said, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow the show at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, you always can drop the show a note via email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. All right, coming up here in just a second, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports. A championship was awarded to the BYU Women's Gymnastics Program. We'll talk about that. Also give you a poll update on what's going on in the BYU quarterback goat bracket, how the voting's going in the Elite Eight uh, voting for the eight quarterbacks remaining in the bracket. We'll get to all of that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, listening to this podcast is really simple to do, and listening to any podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network is easy to do. All you've got to do is tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked On, insert podcast name here. 
I know that's kind of generic, but that's how it kind of goes. So you can tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast or play the latest episode of the Locked On Draft Dudes podcast. Whatever you want to listen to, we're available and your smart device makes it easy. You can simply use your voice to catch up on all the BYU sports news and other sports news you need to find out about with the Locked On Podcast Network. Really simple to do. So once again, tell your smart device, play the latest episode of the Locked On Cougars podcast and by extension, we will make you the smartest BYU fan in the room. All right, guys, as we wrap up this Tuesday edition of the podcast, I want to thank you guys. Another strong month in terms of downloads in the month of March. It's been a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Uh, format over the next couple of months may change a little bit here. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network is kind of changing with the times, obviously. We're only required to do three episodes a week going forward, beginning tomorrow, April 1st, until sports returns. I will do my absolute best to be with you guys each and every day, but there's not enough material each day to have a podcast for one day. I may hold off for a day and come back on an, on the second day after that and have a full show that way. I don't want to shortchange you guys and kind of give you information that's superfluous or just not something you guys are looking forward to. The quality of this product is what I worry about most here. So required at least three times a week we'll be with you guys i will endeavor to do my absolute best to be with you guys five days a week but i just want to give you guys a heads up on what things are looking like going forward for the podcast until we hear more about when sports returns byu football etc that's hoping this summer that we're back into it uh coming up later on in may we will continue our 100 player countdown series that we started last year 100 days to the season for football well guess what we're gonna gun for august 29th or whatever that opening day is we're going to go 100 days till then and we'll do 100 BYU players as we run that down so that will be coming up as well so I can promise you that is coming a couple of the news notes to get to you on get to you guys on today's podcast is congratulations to BYU women's gymnastics they were named as the 2020 Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference champions with a national qualifying score of 196.500 to rank number 16 in the country head coach guard young was quoted in the release quote on our bucket list this season was wanting to become conference champs and i'm proud of the contributions everyone made on the team made in making that happen of course we'd have liked to have been able to have the mrgc meet but this honor recognizing that our body of work body of work stood out above everybody in this year in a very competitive conference it's the first mrgc title for the cougars since the conference began in 2016 it's also the highest final national ranking for the program in 15 years Guard Young's doing Yeoman's effort to lift BYU Women's Gymnastics to new heights, and that's a big congratulations to him on that fantastic showing for the season. And congratulations to BYU Women's Gymnastics overall. It's a big-time honor. All MRGC athletes included Abby Miner, who was first-team all-around in floor, as well as second-team vault and beam. Sadie Miner was vault specialist of the year, first-team vault, second-team floor. Abby Stanton was first-team bars. Haley Patu was second-team bars. Avery Bennett, second-team vault and Brittany Vitkowskis Vitkowskis was second team floor so congratulations to all six of those athletes on their all MRGC athlete honors right there all right one of the note for you guys before we go on today's podcast is to catch you guys up on how the voting is going in the elite eight bracket of the BYU quarterback goat bracket it's been something that we've been having fun with over the past week hopefully you guys have been enjoying as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you guys because 
I love kind of debating who the best BYU players are in history, regardless of the sport. But in football, quarterbacks obviously reign supreme. And we put up the Elite Eight voting yesterday. You can go to Locked On Cougars on Twitter and put in your votes now. They will be up until late tonight. Uh, we'll be counting up the final votes on tomorrow as we go to the Final Four format of this. In the first matchup, Jim McMahon has a 78% to 22% lead over Taysom Hill in the first matchup. Robbie Bosco and John Beck in a dog fight right now. 51% as of recording for Robbie Bosco to 49% for John Beck. So you guys can really determine that one. John Beck could get an upset here. Ty Detmer rolling with a 94% of the votes over number two seed Mark Wilson in their matchup. And then finally, Steve Young with 74% of the votes over number two seed Max Hall with just 26% of the votes. So really only one matchup close, but you guys still have that opportunity to vote. So go to Locked On Cougars on Twitter and weigh in with your votes. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day. Hopefully you guys are all having a great Tuesday. Hopefully the weather is clear where you're at here along the Wasatch Front. Looking like the weather's going to get a little bit better after a, a rough week last week. Hopefully get out golfing this week. That's my hope. And hopefully golf courses aren't closed in due order. But we'll find out about that as it comes. Enjoy whatever's left of your Tuesday and we will talk to you soon. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for March 31st, 2020. And we will talk to you tomorrow tomorrow.